This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Happy Wednesday out there, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into Morning Breath, or maybe you're listening to this later because you're connected to our app. Whatever day it is, it's a good day to be gathered around the Word of God to grow together. I'm Pastor Chris. I am filling in for our beloved host, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum, and I'm joined with my co-host, dear friend, co-laborer, Pastor Mark Cook. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. Good to be on the show with you. I'm honored to have you here, man. I love doing this together, and uh, I can't wait to see what God will do as we kind of converse around uh, the book of you. No, I'm just kidding. The book of Mark. <laughs> the, the best gospel. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's probably your favorite. Hey, guys, we're so glad you tuned in. We've also got Nick, our engineer. He's just making it all happen. What a great guy. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. Awesome, man. Well, the three of us are honored to have you wherever you're tuning in from today. Morning Breath is a drive-time devotion. And we believe it is sure to jumpstart your day because all scriptures, God breathed and it's life-giving and it's useful and it's, it's powerful. And we're going to get into Mark chapter two today. And what we'd love to do is invite you as you have already done, or maybe are have yet to start reading the chapter with us. We basically read the chapter the night prior. And then again, the morning of that we, what we do this show and we ask the Holy Spirit, breathe on your word, show me what you want to want me to see. And then show me what you want me to share with those who are listening. And so Mark's done that and I've done that. And we're excited to do that. Pastor Mark, how can they make sure that they know where we're going to be at on Morning Breath and get connected with us that way? Yeah, we want you to know. You can uh, you can know where we're going to be, where we've been. You can listen to past shows. You can do all of that on our app. Download the East Coast app. Go to our podcast button, and you can uh, you can see the chapter guide there, and it tells you what chapter we're going to be reading next, what book we're in. And there's also all the links to the podcast of previous shows going back almost a year, so you can really get caught up. If you want to re-listen to some, you can do that on our website as well, eccc.us. And you can always make a good old-fashioned phone call, 452-1060, and we can email you a guide uh, if you need one sent that way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. And those of you who are listening, you probably know this already, but in case you didn't, we're a life-giving church uh, that lasts. That's kind of our mission. God has called us to do that with him, uh, East Coast Christian Center. And so this radio program is really an extension of that. But we have a church. We have services. We have a lot of other programs that you can get connected to. And if you are not plugged in in a local church, we'd love to have you. Um, we have online services. You can check us out at eccc.us, as Pastor Mark mentioned. We have an app. Um, you can get on our Facebook and our social media pages and see what's going on. And we have a really cool event happening Sunday. Uh, Mark, tell them about what's going on this Sunday as we gather. Yeah, on the 16th, is going to be a lot of fun. We're doing beach baptisms. It's a great way to do baptisms. It's always fun to do it at the beach. Yeah. Um, and it's a great way to social distance. Um, yes. <laughs> so we can do it safely. Um, but So we're doing that at Lori Wilson Park in, on Cocoa Beach uh, on the 16th. That's this coming Sunday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so if you want to be baptized, go to eccc.us slash events, get signed up, and uh, you can be, that way we make sure we don't we don't miss you, you're included, uh, and then we can plan for that accurately, and then just come out, and if you know, if you got friends and family who are excited to see you, you know, testify of your of your belief in Jesus, and then let them know too, and yeah. have them bring a blanket, and, and we're going to we're gonna be baptizing people in the waves. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really a worship service, really. We're going to have praise and worship, we're going to have a time of fellowship, it's a great gathering, our young adult medicine will be there, our TNT students, our whole church has a family, young and old, and all of that. It'll be a big beach party. Yes, it is. It's a beach party, man. It's <laughs> yeah. a, and there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, because a Holy, <laughs> Holy Ghost, Ghost party, party don't, don't stop. stop. That's right. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. <laughs> well, we're going to get into the Word today, and uh, Pastor Mark, you're reading from the New King James, is that correct? I am, sir. All right, I'm going to read the New Living, and we'll break this chapter up into two parts. Uh, Mark chapter 2, if you'll read through verse 14, I'll pick it up in the second half, and I will help you get started. So I say to you, read, sir. And it, again, he entered Capernaum, 
after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes who were sitting there, I'm sorry, were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Continuing in verse 15, Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Once, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, Who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Amen. Nice. Wow. I love this chapter. I'm really excited to uh, just talk about this together. Mark, what stuck out to you as you were reading? Uh, There's a few things. I just, I love being able to sit and just think about Jesus. Yes, you know they're, they're, he's just he's so incredible and beyond words, and there's so many dynamics and facets to who he is, and so just a few things that were popping into my head um, about Jesus specifically, and this I know this is a devotional, and sometimes I just think 
maybe more than I should on a devotional. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Sometimes it just, you go a little deeper. But I was just thinking about, it says that, you know, when, when Jesus, when they lowered the man through the roof, um, and Jesus said, sons, your sins are forgiven you. And then the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts, verse six. And then it says in verse eight, immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. And I just began to think about Jesus and how he functioned in the earth. Um, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I think sometimes we, we know that Jesus was fully God and fully man, but I think sometimes we ascribe characteristics to Jesus that may not have really been there. And that's, I know I got to be careful when I say that, but Jesus was in a body, right? Right. So he was, Jesus was fully God, but he was not omnipresent, mm-hmm. right? So there were characteristics of God in heaven that Jesus did not carry because he, he limited himself yeah. to being a man. I mean, that, he did that on purpose so that he could experience what we experience. But I think sometimes, I know even as a kid growing up uh, in denominational church, I just got the impression that, you know, Jesus was God in the earth and he could do everything God did. Yeah. And I, I think Jesus intentionally was limited mm. because otherwise, what would his sacrifice really have been? Right. It really wouldn't have been a sacrifice. Right. He, so, so he was limited. And so we, when we look at how Jesus was able to perceive things within himself, he was able to understand, he was able to read people's thoughts, quote unquote, I've got air quotes up. Yeah. How did he do that? Wow. And so I, I just began to think about those things. Um, and it says here, he perceived it in his spirit. And when Jesus, we'll, we'll see later on in this gospel and any of the gospels that you read through, we see that Jesus was able at, at one point, he commissioned his disciples even before he died and rose again. We know we now operate in a, in a, in a season, in a time of the church when the Holy Spirit is, is poured out in the earth. But at this point that hadn't happened yet. But even then, this was a transferable power that Jesus was able to send his disciples and say, all right, you guys go into the towns around here and start casting out demons and healing the sick and doing all the things that someone who's spirit-filled should be able to do. Come on. Um, And they were able to do that. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit in them. Yes. And I really believe that so much of what Jesus did, he said, I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. I only, I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I see the Father doing. How can he see and perceive and hear what God is doing? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we know that when he was baptized, we saw the Spirit descending on him as a dove. And I really believe that I think we sell ourselves short and we miss what Jesus said because he said later, look, you go and do greater works than I did. The same works and greater, you are supposed to go do them. After I leave, I'm going to send the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, so to empower you to do that. And I just think when we look at Jesus and we kind of really analyze how he functioned in the earth, his intent was to display for us what we should do. Come on. And I think if we just go, well, God, he was God, so he could do that, but we can't do that. I, that's, I think he would go, no, that's not at all uh, what the case was. And so I just, as I saw that he perceived in his spirit what people were thinking, I think the Holy Spirit was just illuminating something to him yeah. that he was able to minister from. And we can walk in that. I know that there are some people who walk in that very, very obviously and boldly. Yes. And I, I would like to seek to walk in that more. I know I've had opportunities to, to discern things. Um, and I'm like, wow, and I clearly that you've had, you've probably had the same thing, Pastor yep. Chris, yep. a thought pops in your head and you know that that thought is not your thought, right? Like you're just like somebody else put a thought in your brain <laughs> and you're like, that is not me. I didn't come up with that. It yep. came out of nowhere yep. yet. It's a hundred percent true. And I'm so confident of its truth, Man. right? I've experienced that. And I just feel like seeing Jesus is something as simple as him perceiving something in his spirit is something that we should really key on. 
I love that you said that. Um, Pastor Mark, I heard it said one time that the Bible is not a book of exceptions. It's a book of examples. Mm, That's good. And yes, Jesus is exceptional. Yes, he is the one and only son of God. But I love that you talked about where, I mean, he even called himself in this chapter and all throughout the gospels, the son of man. He did lay down his deity. He did limit himself. In Philippians 2, he took the form of a servant. He humbled himself so that, you know, he could literally become what Hebrews says, we do not have a great high priest who's unable to sympathize with us in all our weakness, who was tested in all ways that we are, Amen. yet without sin. He was tested to look, he was tempted to look at this situation only from a natural viewpoint. He was tempted to look at these Pharisees and just despise them and just write them off and not want to be observant and not want to be discerning, right? To sure. be human. Yeah, a lot of all times, the things we would do. Right, like these, these are the annoying Pharisees again, right? Like, I don't even want to be around them. I don't want to pay attention. But he paid attention. He listened. Like you said, he, he only said what he heard his father saying. He hears the Holy Spirit speaking to them about what's in their heart. Yeah. He's walking into discernment and fellowship with the Father to model that for you and I. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. The things I've done, greater works you will do also. It's better for you that I leave, that I can send the Holy Spirit. And that is the power that we get to do things like that. And I'll share an example. You said it's probably happened to you. Something happens to me sometimes, and it's wild. And it's it's just being able to be observant for what God is saying when I'm slowed down enough. Mm. Uh, for example, I was at a local health food restaurant. I met a guy while I was there. And as I'm talking to him, I get this sense that he's a musician. I'm a worship pastor and a musician. Um, You know, you could just say, well, it's because you're sympathetic to the vibes of other musicians. (laughs) No, that's not it at all. I'm not that, you know, into that. But I just had a sense that he was a musician. And so I kind of dug a little bit and found out that he used to play, that he wasn't playing anymore. He He called himself a retired musician. And I felt like God said, and he needs to be plugged in in the worship ministry at your church. And next thing you know, we have that conversation. He auditions. He's in our church now. He's like a blossoming, thriving, multi-instrumentalist musician, songwriter, and his purpose has been changed because thank God I was listening and thank God I was obedient to say it because then you have to take the risk. Like I could be dead wrong. That's the next step. Yeah, exactly. And I had that happen again with another gentleman in our band who was in the restroom and we broke the cardinal rule of the men's restroom. We're washing our hands and he spoke to me in the men's room, right? We're not supposed to speak, whatever. I don't follow that rule. I'm kind of social. So anyway, so he gave a compliment to the worship ministry that day and the Lord spoke to me. He said, he's a musician. He needs to be recruited into the team. And I went, you're a musician, aren't you? That was a risk, right? I could have been wrong. Sure. He was like, yeah, actually I am. And I was like, cool, man, tell me what you do. And then next thing you know, he's on our worship team and he's leading worship now and he's writing songs and he's fulfilling his music ministry. Again, it's so amazing how God will give you discernment or a spiritual gift or something that you could not know with your natural knowledge, but because of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, you can partner with that, then take the risk and step out and flow in that and see a life completely transformed. Yeah, it's it's an incredible opportunity. And a lot of times if you get around people who are flowing in that, it kind of rubs off on you. I know yeah. when I was up in, uh, when we were at a church in Tennessee, when we lived up there for a few years, there was a guy that would come in um, once a year to our church. He was a good friend of the pastor up there and, and he operated very heavily in words of knowledge and in the prophetic. Yeah. Um, and I loved, I would just, I would get around him for the week, you know, usually about three days that he was there and I would just stay as close to him as I could. And it never failed. Uh, I was up there for two years that he, that he came and both times, uh, in the days after he left that following week, 
I, I like, I was carrying like an overflow of that mm. and I was walking around and I was just, I was and I think I was more conscious of it. And I, it's kind of a self discipline thing. I need to stay conscious of it. Yes. Right. Yes. Because if I could be conscious of it for a week after I should be able to be conscious of it for two weeks after, or Correct. you know what I mean? But I just had the opportunity. I, I just think I remember two times of being in a store and being in a restaurant, uh, in the days after he left town. And I was just like, Lord, show me something. And both times I had a word for the waiter. Uh, at our restaurant that day, and I had a word for a lady in Walmart that Come you know on. people I'd never seen before. Yeah. I just felt prompted. I, I felt prompted. I said, "Man, I feel like I'm supposed to share this with you." And both times it blessed them, um, not because of anything that was in me, but just because the Holy Spirit wanted them to know something, right? And where the instruments that He uses to communicate. Come on. And I think we need to remember that sometimes it is a risk. And I've had to do, I've had to encourage myself. Oh, okay, I'm going to step out and say something here. You know exactly <laughs> what if how I'm wrong? Yeah. What if I embarrass myself? What if I make them feel dumb? Exactly. Yep. But just going back and how you approach it matters. But just kind of going back to the and remembering that God is working through people. And I have to remind myself of that a lot. We we tend to think that God's going to do stuff without us. Come on. He's not going to do stuff without us. No. The church is the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit in people. And if we don't do what we're supposed to do, someone else is going to have to do it. Yep. And so we have to be willing to be bold because that's the process God is using. It's very unlikely. You know, some people talk about they've had a dream where, you know, they, they had an encounter with God in a dream. That stuff can happen. But that's the exception. The, the general rule is we are people of God and we're supposed to be out ministering reconciliation to people. That's so, so good. Just having the boldness to do it. And we're scripturally invited to do this. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says uh, in the New American Standard, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, yes. and especially that you may prophesy. Amen. Here is a threefold command and an invitation from scripture. One, pursue love. That means pursue is not like jog to love, walk to love, mosey on over to love. Pursue is like I'm in pursuit. There's effort expended. There's energy. My highest goal is love. Love is always looking out for the benefit of other people. So my coworkers need some love. They need to know Jesus. And because of that, I want to give them an encounter with the love of God. And so I'm pursuing in ways to show this. One of the most loving things you could do is follow the Holy Spirit and, yeah. and, and get uh, a word of prophetic encouragement or something like that for them. Pursuing love. Two, earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. We, could, we should actually be hungry for this. And sometimes maybe because of fear of looking dumb or a bad experience where we got it wrong one time or other people's opinions and fear of man, we don't pursue it. We don't earnestly pursue it. Yeah. That's, again, it's, that's a big deal, and especially that you may prophesy. That Paul, Paul is speaking really loud and clear here, and so I love it. It should be a way of life, and I, I admittedly also don't pursue it like I honestly want to, and so today I'm grateful for the <laughs> reminder from the Lord too, Mark. Yeah, well, I just love seeing that Jesus, you know, Jesus operated, like you said earlier, as a way for, as an example for us. Kind of piggybacking on something else you said, but going a little bit of a different direction, you know, how we see people. Um, I was jumped over here to this other section of the chapter, um, in verse 15, where he was at Levi's house and they were having this feast and, yeah. and, uh, the Pharisees and, and the, and the scribes were so irritated that he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. And it's because of how they looked at people. And I confess that for a long time, um, even as a Christian, uh, I came up thinking, you know, judgmentally, you know, I would, I would see people for their shortcomings first. Yes. And mm. that was always such a 
problem because how can you love someone that way? You know, you were just talking about being able to function in love. But when you see people in their shortcomings, um, you you lead with what's wrong with them. It's very hard to go in and love them um, because you're looking for correction. Um, And so it's that judgmental attitude. And and it's unfortunate because if people were looking at us and seeing what was wrong with us first, they wouldn't talk to us either. You know, for sure. They keep keep away at a 10 foot pole. (laughs) Yeah. So we we have this double standard if we get religious. Um, We think that because in our minds, we've 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 achieved a, a standard. Um, but everybody else has fallen short of it. Um, but it's when we look at people and I just got to thinking, you know, being glad for the message of grace and being able to see that God's working in my life. And I, I, I say that as an encouragement because you should be able to look back and go, you know what? There's a difference from who I was then to who I am now. Praise God. Um, not no credit to myself, but I know that there's a, you know, there's a situation going on in, in my sphere of influence right now where there's, um, people in my neighborhood that are involved in drugs and things like that. And, you know, I don't live in a neighborhood where typically that's what would be going on. Um, so it's pretty obvious and I can look back and, and I can, I can think of a time in my life when my, now do I want that to stop? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> do I want my kids, you know, do I want to know that my kids are safe yep. and all that? Absolutely. But there was a time in my life when I can honestly know that I would have looked at that and I would have been angry. I'd have been judgmental. I would have wanted them all in jail. Get those scumbags out of my neighborhood. I I know that that's how I would have felt. But now the Holy Spirit, I feel him moving in me. Mm. And it's, I know it's the grace of God. I know it's just, it's purely the unmerited favor of God. I don't deserve it. But I feel him stirring in me to look at them and go, God, I wish they knew what it meant to be free. You know, I, I feel that string in me and I, I think, Lord, how can I get the opportunity? What's the open door that would allow me to, to share the reality of the kingdom of God with them? Because that's what they need. Going to jail is not going to get them off drugs for a night. You know what? I'm, they need to know who they are and that they are made in the image of God and that he sent his son for them. And, and so I just, I'm thankful because I don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees that just looks at them and sees their dirt and, and says, why in the world would you be with them? Yeah. I don't want to think that way, but I know I have in the past and I'm grateful that God's moving in me not to do that, but I want to do better. I want to do more, you know? And so it just made me think, how do I look at people and what am I thinking? What am I leading with? Am I leading with people's dirt or am I looking for the image of God that's in them? I love that. Mark, thanks for sharing it. And you know, we're called to be gold diggers. Right there, you don't find gold just sitting up on the surface. Yeah. You don't find diamonds just sitting up, sharp, you know, sparkling and shining. There's dirt. There's a process. There's you got to dig. You got to heat it up. You got to refine it. But that is what God saw in me. I wasn't shiny. Yeah, <laughs> I was Amen. a wretch. He found me on the dung heap of life. You yes. know, uh, and what if God would have just only let the dirt be the thing that He related to me on the basis of? Mm. And so that is so important. And and it reminded me of you know. There are people of maybe a political party that we've judged, um, an ethnicity, yeah. a profession, a socioeconomic status, um, a gender, uh, a sin. We judge people by a certain sin, like that's like a, an atrocity. And if you're this, then and and trust me, I'm not saying love sin. We sure. we are we need to love righteousness and hate evil. That's what Jesus did, and because of it, he was anointed with joy above all his fellows. Amen. The word says. But again, I know it's been said and it feels a little cliche, but don't let it feel that way today. Love sinners, hate sin. And you hate the sin because of what it's doing to them. Yeah. And, and I even heard an expression one time, all of God's judgments, and we can see them through the word, they're all aimed at that which interferes with love. Mm. Love is the highest goal. And it's really hard to love somebody that you're judging. 
And I heard this said recently too, that heaven has a, is, is rich with a culture of honor. And honor says, I will not stumble over who you are, are not. Excuse me. I will not um, judge you or stumble over who you are not. I will relate to you on who you are. And first and foremost, those drug guys in your neighborhood and, or whoever it is that we can think of right now that we stumble, they're made in the image and likeness of God. Yes. They're image bearers of the, of the divine God who created them fearfully and wonderfully in their mother's womb. Two, they have unique and special gifts that God gave them that he will never revoke. The gifts Amen. and callings are without revocation. They have something to contribute. And so even just on those two bases, that's important. And you know what? Maybe it's because you've been hurt by this person that you want to judge this people group or this person. Jesus' compassion will take you above that into love so that you can now be hurt instead of be hurt by them. You can be hurt for them. Mm. Move with compassion and bring love and redemption into the situation. Amen. And that's where we're called to live. We're going to come right back, back <laughs> with a <laughs> conclusion of Morning Breath. Stay tuned. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. 
This is Morning Morning Breath. You know, as we close out today, it's been a wonderful time watching Jesus and seeing how he moved and looking at the other characters in the narrative of what has happened here in in Mark chapter 2. But again, just kind of, it feels like this kind of came up as a theme today as Pastor Mark was sharing and I was sharing and God was moving on our hearts is that take the risk, move, act on the faith of of what God is showing you to do. I'm, I'm blown away when I look at a guy who's paralyzed, who can't do a single thing. Maybe people judged paralytics. And in fact, they did. They treated handicapped people in this day and age worse than they treated animals because an animal could at least do something for them. But if you were paralyzed or severely handicapped, you were very mis, misjudged. You were very berated. And, and so here instead, four men move with compassion, believe that this man li- man's life has value and that Jesus has exactly what he needs to be healed. And so they go to great lengths to demonstrate faith, even tearing a hole through the ceiling of the roof to bring him close to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. Do you see somebody that's lame, that's paralyzed, that sins a little differently than you, that you're tempted to judge? Man, move with faith to bring them close to Jesus. And if that means inconvenience yourself and sweating a little bit because you got to carry the weight of their weakness, you know, you're literally physically carrying this person. Man, that is what it takes. That's what love does. And I just think that's a great encouragement for us today to live out our faith. Do we really believe that God loves the whole world so much that he would give his life sacrificially for them? then let's go and do likewise. Let's follow Jesus and imitate him. Thanks for tuning in to Morning Breath today. We're so uh, so glad that you tuned in. We love you. God bless your day, and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.